Welcome to the Ruth Speaks podcast, a podcast specifically designed for the seeking believer who understands that the pursuit of God is not about perfection, but rather about strengthening our faith and commitment to the Father. Hello, hello, and hello again. I am your host, Keisha Robertson, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. So, you know, I always start off every episode by talking about how it is that I came into the revelation or realization, rather, of the very thing that I intend to talk about on the particular episode. You know, just from being in recent experiences and conversations with friends, I began just to think about in general the path and walk of a believer and the things that I believe God, you know, requires of us as believers. And of course, you know, I always have to say the primary and utmost, most important thing in the walk of a believer's life to me is our faith, because that in essentially just defines who we are as believers. Without faith, we cannot be considered believers. Without faith, we are not believers. It is because of faith that we are called believers. You know, I was just having some conversations with some friends and listening to some different things that was being discussed. And in the process of me doing that, I just really began to think about how a lot of times the focus tends to be on the pleasantries that are associated with faith, right? I mean, when things are going well in our lives, it's so easy to exhibit a tremendous level of faith in God, right? Because it's all working out in your opinion, and I guess according to how you see it, in your best interest. And who doesn't want something to work out in their best interest? So it's, in my opinion, easy to believe in God when things are going the way that we want them to go. And it's even easier to believe in God when everything, like I just said a few minutes ago, lines up the way we want it to and unfolds in the way that we may have envisioned that it would. So while there are are always plenty of things that can be said about staying in faith when it's good, what I want to talk about today is the true realness of faith. And by realness, I mean not only focusing on just the good, but rather in this call, focusing on the need to continue to stay in an active state of faith when things are not going well. And so by the realness of faith, what I want to talk about is how do we stay in faith when things are quite frankly ugly, for lack of a better word choice? How do we stay in faith when it's not easy? How do we stay in faith when it's hard? How do we stay in faith when it's a struggle? How do we stay in faith when circumstances press in on us? How do we stay in faith when everything would suggest that we shouldn't be in faith? And so when I think about the realness in faith, I want to talk about how even in spite of, that doesn't mean that we do not have to encounter, nor will we not have to deal with things and moments and circumstances and situations that, quite frankly, we just don't like. And so that is why I have coined this episode, The Realness of Faith, because the focus is not just on the pretty parts, but it's also on the parts that sometimes are not so pretty. Understanding that in a walk of a believer, you will experience both. So when a believer feels the press of lack on all four sides, right? The front, the side, the back, and then the other side. 
What do you do? What happens when your well runs dry and you find yourself in a dry place where there's no movement? You're just stagnant, not recovering, not moving, not changing, but nevertheless feeling the presence of lack in some regard or respect. A lot of people oftentimes want to associate the word lack with a lack of financial means. But I would challenge you to expand the definition of lack and what you choose to apply it to because lack doesn't always necessarily mean that you're lacking in finances. And the lack of finances is not the only thing that can contribute to your being in a dry place. And so just for a second, before I move on to my scripture reference, I want to just stay with that. So when I say lack, I'm not just talking about a lack of finances. That may be the case and it may not be. I'm talking about you're experiencing lack by way of fulfillment. You're experiencing lack by way of peace of mind. You're experiencing lack in relationships, meaning they're either missing, absent, or you don't have the one that you feel you desire or should have or want to have. You're experiencing lack by way of lack of motivation or self-esteem or self-confidence, the things that are necessary in order to propel you to move out of the place or space that you feel like you've been in for so long, but just quite frankly are seeing no movement from. So when I say lack, the word lack is not automatically associated with money for me. The word lack is associated with anything or anywhere, any space, gap, place in your life where you feel that you do not have enough. There's an incompleteness. There is a gap there. And it's so significant that it is impacting your spiritual morale. That is what I mean when I say you are in a place of lack. You are in a dry place. And it's a dry place because you cannot see anywhere around you in the immediate vicinity anything that would provide the nourishment or refreshment that you need in order to get yourself out of this place of lack. The place is barren, right? When something is barren, when it's dry, it is without. It is a place where you don't see growth. It is a place where you don't see change. It is a place where you don't see plentifulness or bounty. And again, when I'm talking about plentifulness and bounty, I'm not just talking about financial increase. I'm talking about increase in those areas in your life where there is currently a lack. So in moving on to the scripture that I wanted to share with you as we kind of delve more into the whole idea of how it is that we press our way through what I like to call a dry place, how it is we press our way through what I like to refer to as a place of lack, the word of God says in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. Amen. So let's stay there for just a moment and talk about the importance of that scripture. 
The scripture, in my opinion, is reasserting and reestablishing the role of God in a believer's life when they have entered into a place that is dry and that is barren. And if you just recalled for just a second, the scripture starts off by talking about the Lord will guide you always. The scripture states the Lord will guide you always. That is a definitive statement. It is not a sometimes, it is not a when God feels like it, it is not on occasion. It says the Lord will guide you always. And so for me, what that scripture is telling me is that when I come to a place that I have deemed or determined to be dry, to be lacking, I must remember in faith that the Lord will guide me always. And that in the next line of the scripture, he will satisfy my needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen my frame. And so what that part of the scripture is telling me is not only number one, are believers to be reminded that in a dry place, God will always, that means never fails. He will always guide you. And more importantly, he will always guide you in a way that will satisfy your needs, even in a sun-scorched land. That's what the scripture says. So I'm going to add the little caveat, even in a dry place and will strengthen your frame, which to me means that even in that dry place where you feel weak and without your faith in God will always guide you. And if you believe, he will always satisfy your needs, even in that space. And the sentence that follows, which creates the analogy of us being like a well-watered garden or like a spring whose water never fails, to me means that his replenishment of you, his leading of you, in this dry place, in this place where your frame or your spirit, your body, your mind has been weakened, he's going to strengthen you in such a way that you will be a well-watered garden, which me to me means a bountiful garden, something that is producing just like a spring whose water never fails, meaning a spring always constantly producing water. And so if you read that in totality, what that tells me is that in the midst of a dry place, in the midst of a point or season of lack, God is not without. God is present. And in our exercise of faith, we are to recall the scripture knowing that he is always going to lead us. He is always going to supply our needs, even in this place. And then yet and still he will strengthen us. And as a result of that, the result of being strengthened in this dry place is that we will now be bountiful, productive believers who have the ability to produce consistently, just like the spring that consistently produces water that never fails. And so to me, it's almost as though the result of being in this space, of getting into your faith, of trusting God to lead you through it, of trusting him to strengthen you, even when you may feel lack on all four sides 
is that you will come out of it strengthened, refreshed, and anewed and producing in such a way that you were not producing necessarily before you entered into that space of lack. You are like a well-watered garden. You are like a spring whose water never fails. Meaning to me, there is a new elevation of release that God has put into you because you have gone through this place. He has increased in you in such a way that you are now producing like this spring. You are now producing like this well-watered garden. It's almost as though you are now reaping the harvest of the exercise of faith that you exhibited while you were in the midst of this dry and scorched land because you trusted God enough to bring you through it. Dry places reinforce our dependency upon God because it is a reminder that it is never by our might that brings about the change in circumstances, but rather and instead that dependency upon God to get us through, to be that guide, that looking toward the Father and acknowledging that you have no control over the things that may impact you, but what you do have control over is how you respond to the things that are impacting you. And if you choose to respond in faith, God is assuredly there because the word says he will always guide you. So if you respond to him in faith, even when it's difficult in the midst of your dry place, in the midst of your lack, he most assuredly will respond to you in kind and deliver you, not only deliver you, but deliver you in a new way from that place. So it goes without saying, after I've said all of that, a dry place increases our faith because it requires us to lean in more to God. And there has never been a time where we have not, a person has not, where I, I even think about my own life. There's never been a time where I have not leaned in more to God and the result or takeaway from that was not an increase in my production of faith, was not my ability now to spout and to spew more thoughts and things and actions that exemplified and demonstrated that faith in God was not for me to, on the other side of that, now having leaned in more, recall the word of God in a greater way and allow it to come out of my mouth to flow forth like living water from my lips to become that spring that has a never-ending supply of water. Think about the goal in our lives as believers, what the purpose of our walks are, why we were put here. We were put here for the benefit of the Father to fulfill the purpose for which he created us. We were put here to effectuate the things and the plans of God. We were put here to bring other people to the kingdom of God, that they too might submit to the will of God, that they too might experience the benefit and the blessing associated with being in relationship with God. That is why we exist. And if we understand why it is that we exist, it becomes so much easier to submit and rely upon not only God, but the will of God, it becomes so much easier to submit to the Father in the midst of a dry and barren and scorched place because we believe and trust that he is exactly who he has identified himself to be in his word. And so knowing that dry places, difficult moments 
work our faith. They increase our faith because they work on the inside of us the things that are necessary to undergird our faith. And those things are hope and those things are patience. If we are able to work the patience, to work the hope, to stay in faith, then rest assured if we are capable of doing that in a dry and barren space, in a place of lack, the produce on the other side of that, the production on the other side of that is the bountiful harvest and reflection associated with that evidenced increased level of faith in God. Because if you come out on the other side of it stronger than you were when you went into it, That in and of itself is an elevation in expectation, but it also creates an elevation in the ability to receive because our faith remains the cap on our capacity to receive from God. So where there is an increase in our faith, there is simultaneously an increase in our capacity to receive from the Father. And with that thought in mind, The final thought that I wanted to make, because everybody wants to increase their capacity in faith to likewise increase their capacity to receive from the Father. And I'm not just talking about tangible things, like things that you can actually hold in your hand. I'm talking about other things like joy, like peace, happiness, other things, right, that you can't put your hand on, but nevertheless, you would want to possess in this life. It is important to remember that anytime you are brought to a place of difficulty, it is likewise a moment of purification because whatever is inhibiting your faith from developing, when you come to a place where your faith has to be put forward and pushed and pressed, it requires you to let go or release the things that are hindering the ability of your faith in and of itself to increase. And so, in my opinion, dry places are also places of purification because it creates the opportunity and situation for God to burn off of us the things that don't belong that inhibit our ability to look to Him in faith and to trust him, just like his word says, to always guide us, even in these dry and scorched places, in such a way that our needs will still yet be met. So if we are being purified in these dry places, then the willingness, even though it may be hard, we have to be willing to allow God to purify, to purge, and to cleanse what does not fit within his overall faith vision for us so that we can become the more complete versions of faith that he has called us to be. So as I close, I'd like to leave you with this tidbit to chew on. The refreshing in a dry place will always be accompanied by a revelation. Let me put it another way. The revelation that comes in a dry place is the refreshing that you seek and the refreshing that you need to deliver you from that moment. So prayer strategy in a dry place should look like you're seeking out the will of God for your life. And more importantly, you're seeking from him 
understanding and revelation of what he is requiring of you and wanting you to do in that moment in order to be released from that space that you find yourself in that is a dry place. The refreshing will always be accompanied by the revelation because it is the revelation from God that affirms our faith in God. And then the affirmation of our faith in God comes the refreshing from God, that God is there, that God is just and assured to perform his word as he says that he would. And all of these things combined together only serve to strengthen the faith undergird the faith and encourage the faith, which at the end of the day is the purpose for the dry space to begin with, to increase the faith. That's it for this episode. God bless you. Keep believing, keep hoping, and most importantly, keep seeking. Thank you for listening to the Ruth Speaks podcast. Join us weekly as we continue to seek after God. If you'd like to fellowship more, please visit our website at www.ruthspeaks.org. Remember, to reverence God is to rest in Him. This program was produced by At The Helm Productions.